eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast, brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. Joining me just in a moment will be Brian Hanley, former offensive lineman for the Kansas State Wildcats 97 and 98, and now our football analyst at GoPowerCat, and we will be covering, unfortunately, Kansas State's 33-20 defeat against Iowa State on Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, a game that was bad from the very first play. Again, though, we are sponsored by Caddy Shack Golfware. Caddy with two Ts. Visit CaddyShackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing Willie apparel accessories and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. The Cats fall 33-20 33-20 to Iowa State in a game that really wasn't that close as Iowa State took control early and never let up on the gas. And we may not be long today, but we are not going to pull back on our punches. And now let's bring in Brian Hanley. Brian Hanley, man, oh man, how the tables have turned on the Kansas State Wildcats. I What what the hell happened to this team? They were 3-0. and They did run into maybe the three best teams, certainly three of the upper echelon teams in this conference. But they really haven't looked competitive for three weeks in a row. Fans are mad. The coaches are mad. The players are disappointed. There is a lot of doom and gloom. Is it warranted? Is this... This program slash team in trouble. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I will say that they have played three of the upper echelon teams in the conference. Uh, that they have done. But they're not, I mean, it, it's just like, it, it's it's the flip side of what it used to be. And I know I'm going to sound like an old head, but uh-huh. at the same time, it, it's the truth. They don't have the talent. They're not as talented as these teams are. And when you're not as talented, you can't be making the mistakes that they're making and expect to win. I mean, that, that yesterday, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. I mean, you just can't get off the football field at all. I mean, it, it's we, we've got to be better. Coaching has to be better. And coaching, put guys in better position. We just got to be better. 
Yeah, I'm I'm exceedingly frustrated on a number of fronts, but let's start with this defense. Now they went to the three-man front. They seem very committed to it. They're halfway through a season. You really can't unring the bell right now, can you? They've got a shortage of defensive ends. At one point, I noticed yesterday they had three defensive tackles along that three-man front because they're so short on defensive ends. They kind of got to stay the course and figure out how to do this better, don't they? I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that, though, to be honest with you, because it isn't working. It's not. Now, again, you were, we, the last couple weeks, last three weeks, have been really good football teams, but there is zero, and I mean zero, pass rush unless we bring pressure. Zero. And if that's what we're going to do, just be prepared to have no pass rush and have a quarterback sit there back there forever. And guys are still getting open with eight people in coverage. So I don't understand. I just, it's just not, to me, it's not working, but, but they're committed to it. You're right. You can't just change course in the middle of the season and say, Hey, we're going to scrap it. I thought they might do that last week when we had a bye week right. that gave you all that time to do it. But they didn't do it, so I I don't know. Okay, so they can't get a pass rush, but as you mentioned, they can't cover for five seconds. No. And there is always someone available and open for the quarterback just to dump the ball to. If Even if they get some form of discomfort applied to the quarterback, he's got someone available at a moment's notice, which is something the K-State offense typically can't say, I don't get it. Either you're going to take some chances and blitz up front and maybe be exposed Exposed, or you're going to sit back and cover and maybe not get enough pass rush, but have everyone covered. They are doing neither right now. Nope. And to top it all off, let's just get to this. The first play from scrimmage is a simple handoff. It was blocked in a different way than Iowa State had shown, but you could not dominate a defensive front any greater than what Iowa State did to Kansas State on that first snap of the game. Literally every man except one or two was beaten badly by a block. They completely collapsed the side of the defense. I mean, they walled off an entire side of the defense. After the game, Coach Kleiman said two guys were in the wrong spot and a safety took a horrible angle. Well, you can blame the players or you can blame the coaches who did the preparation. And I'm beginning to want to point my finger squarely at these coaches. Yeah, yeah, you have to at this point. I mean, like I said, everybody isn't always out of position. You can't, I mean, kids are smart enough to understand where they're supposed to be. And you know what? A lot of times kids are where they're supposed, where they're taught to be. I shouldn't say where they're supposed to be. They're where their coach to be. It isn't you can't put all the blame on the kid. Put do something different. I keep saying it and I'm gonna keep harping it. What we're doing just doesn't work. I mean, the first play, I mean, it was a thing of beauty as an offensive lineman. I'm like, oh my gosh, he, they blocked this perfectly on the first play from scrimmage, and there was nobody around. I'm like, how is this possible? It's not, it shouldn't be. Oh my goodness, it was insane. You know what it looked like? It looked like a a really, really good high school team 
playing a much smaller school and just physically unable to compete. That's what K-State looked like on that first play. Now, to their credit, they got better through the game until they gave up another long run later to Brees Hall. They did do better against the run, but they just couldn't stop the pass. It's one thing or the other. The I mean, 22 or 25 completions is, is obscene. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. They can't get off the field on third down. And here's the thing. Is it time for Chris Kleiman – to say I'm taking over the defense, I'm going to make the calls, or does he have so many problems on offense as a head coach? He can't do that either. Well, I mean, nobody wants to say it, but I'm going to say it. There needs to be a change made, you know, and what him taking over, I don't know if that's going to help or not, but there needs to be a change in philosophy. That's what has to happen. I mean, what we are doing isn't going to work at the it's not working at the big 12 level with the with the guys that we have right you know i'm not saying it can't work for because oklahoma state and west Virginia, there's lots of teams that run the three-man line baylor they have different type of athletes than what we have right let's just put our cards on the table they do well we can't do that right now we don't have that we can't just say hey, we're going to do it just because we want to it isn't working and if he needs to take over that's fine i just think a philosophy change has to happen and we need to make a change. I know that's bad. I know that's whatever it is, but you know, we, we do this to be honest and talk about the program and what needs to happen. That change has to be made. We can't keep doing this because it isn't going to work. Are you talking schematics, recruiting coaches, all of it, all of it, all of it. You, I mean, for obviously the recruiting is what it is. You got to have better players. I mean, that's the thing that, that stood out to me yesterday. OU's going to have better players. Right. Oklahoma State's going to have better players. Right. They're definitely going to have better athletes. Iowa State shouldn't have better players than us. I'm, I'm going to say it until the wheels fall off. Iowa State should not have better players than what we do. And that goes back to a recruiting philosophy that for some reason has changed at Kansas State, and I don't understand why. So until we change that, we're going to have issues. Well, and then the scheme is bad. The defensive scheme is bad. You know, it just is. I mean, there's no way around it. It's just bad. And then we can talk about the offense till we're blue in the face. But if you, when your receivers, and we talked about this a little bit the last time, when your receivers, your best receiver is a number three receiver on a decent football team in the right. Big 12, that's a problem. Right. I, I totally agree. And um, I I always shy away from play calling as a source of my blame because pretty much play calling often comes down to this. If the play works, it was a brilliant call. If it doesn't work, it was a horrible call. I mean, sim- right. simplistically looking at a game, that's how so many people, including media, react to results on the field. But K-State's down and they're running the ball. K-State's down. They're not in hurry up. K-State's down. And I got the feeling they're like, well, let's try to score again by taking as much time off the clock so this looks better than it actually is. And that's not the way I want a team that I'm covering to play football to lessen the amount of defeat. And I'm not saying that's what they were doing, but it sure as hell looked like that's what they were doing in the fourth quarter. It absolutely did, Tim. I mean, we're not in a hurry up. We're not, we're running the football. And I'm like, in the back of your mind, are you just thinking, because you know, you can't stop them on defense. So we're not going to try to score quickly. So, or 
give it up on downs. We're not going to do things. We're just going to, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. And it didn't look like we were trying to win. They were just trying to save face. And I know it's not a team that this is the type of team that as as far as playing that you want to cover that plays that way. And as fans, I can tell you, I watched the game yesterday with 10 K state fans and everybody was upset at literally just what you said, literally just what you said. It was terrible. I I can't wrap my mind around how this program has fallen so far behind Iowa State because let's just be honest here, this program is behind Iowa State. And I'm struck by the simple fact that I remember when K-State was getting good and started beating teams such as Missouri and Colorado and the disdain opposing fans had for K-State. They couldn't believe this was happening to their program. Little old K-State was beating up on, you know, the Buffaloes and Tigers. And I see our fans, the Kansas State fans, reacting the same way to Iowa State now. It is really hard to accept that Iowa State has not just supplanted K-State in the Big 12 pecking order, but stepped way above K-State in the last two years and taking and put a giant gap between these programs. And the gap is only going to continue to grow because the simple truth of the matter is, Brian, Iowa State is kicking Kansas State's ass, not just on the football field, but on the recruiting trail. And the talent gap gets bigger and bigger. And this didn't start with climbing. This started before he arrived. This started with the group of coaches and recruiting analysts that looked at Brees Hall as a running back out of Wichita, who they may not have ever gotten, but they saw a linebacker. Yep. They saw a damn linebacker, not a running back. And so this problem has been around and it's time to solve a problem. I've said it for years. Until you start recruiting like you did when we, when K-State became good, things change. Things have changed. You can't go and get all the best junior college players anymore. Teams figured that out. They figured out how is K-State getting these guys to come there? Well, they were already in Kansas. So, and nobody came here to get them. Well, now people are coming to get them. Well, now you got to get a little bit more inventive. You have to broaden your horizons and get deeper into what you were doing. You were getting the guys out of Texas. You were getting the guys out of Florida. But you know what? You have to have young, innovative coaches to go do that. And that's what they did when K-State got good. That's what was happening. We don't have that anymore. We don't have guys that can go into those places. And, yeah, you're going to swing and miss sometimes. That's part of it. You're not going to get everybody that you want. And you might go two years without getting somebody. But you know what? The third year, you'll get some people. The fourth year, you'll get some people. And until we come to that fact and stop settling for constantly getting five two-stars and 15 three-stars, and until we go and, and try to get more people, and I'm not even saying we have to have five, all five stars. That's not a, a that's not reality at K-State. It just isn't. But you can go get guys out of these big football, high school football breeding grounds for Division One players. We can do that, and we don't. Right. And Iowa State is the perfect example right. of showing exactly what can and can't happen. It strikes me when Chris Kleiman's hiring a coach, he's focused on the coach. And I get that. 
You know, you want you don't want a dead weight on your coaching staff. That might already be happening, but that's not his goal. And recruiting seems to be secondary to all of that. I want a great coach, and then we'll go recruit. Uh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to pick your battles, and you're going to have to have a couple dudes on your staff, like Iowa State does, and they might be good coaches too, but they are incredible recruiters, and including one that's just killing K-State in Kansas City. Why don't you go throw money at that dude and make him a coordinator of some title? Why don't you go do something about some of these problems and go get guys that recruit the areas that you need recruited, whether it's Texas, they they better assure us, you know what, be in Florida now with Central Florida coming into the conference. Get into these places and do it quickly because you are falling so far behind in talent, and I don't think the transfer portal is your only solution here. It's part of it, but it's definitely not the only solution, and you're exactly right. But let's also, let's take it a step further. It's college coaching. 65% of college coaching is getting the guys to your campus. It just is. If you don't have the guys, you can't be good. You got to go out there and get the guys, you know, that can make your program. That's just part of it. We got to do it. We just, we used to do it and we don't do it anymore. And you're right. It didn't just start with this coaching staff. It didn't. It was before that. Got to be better. We just have to be better. Okay, let's take a short break here. That's the first half of the PowerCat postgame review, sponsored by Caddyshack Off. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast. We will continue breaking down Kansas State football, the lost Iowa State, where the program's headed with Mr. Brian Hanley right after this. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack Golf, wear caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Okay, let's take on the next topic here. That place was absolutely rocking before kickoff. It was right. almost sold out, still not quite there, um, but uh, it was a great college football environment. And from the first play, you come out and you don't line up right and you give up a 75-yard touchdown run. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that 
can be really um, caustic about fans, how they behave when they leave. I wanted them back in the thir- in the stands for the third quarter and like what they've been doing. I get on fans. Well, I'm just going to say this. K-State football, you don't deserve those fans. You don't deserve a packed 50,000-seat stadium cheering you on with that kind of performance. You're going to lose fans. And um, let's just cut to the chase, Brian. Texas Tech, this is as big a game as I remember for K-State football in a long time because you know why? If you lose this, you might be the ninth best team in this conference. Yep, because they're – I mean, and and this is not a gimme. I mean, this is going to be an extremely tough football game. But you just start looking down the road. It's like, well, TCU. Well, I don't know. Uh, Baylor. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I mean, you just start looking, and I'm like, well, where are we going to get these other wins outside of Kansas? Like, where are we going to get these wins? At? I'm like, uh, and I know they're capable, but again, we just got to do something different. The guy we've we've got to change some of the things that we're doing. And, and again, just maybe it's more aggressive play calling on both sides of the football. Maybe that's it. Because my thing is we're going to run into teams that throw the football and Texas tech, you know what they're going to do. And you just got to be able to generate pressure, but you got to be able to cover them too. But you're right. This is the biggest, this is a huge football game. It's huge for the direction of the program. These next three games, um, and I don't want to just heap a whole bunch of undue pressure on, but it is due at Tech. Come home, play a pretty good TCU team, go to Kansas. Brian, if they're serious about um, picking up K-State football, moving it forward this season, 3-0. and You got to go 3-0. and You just have to. 2-1, yep. and one, okay, that's that's survivable. I get it. You're now 5-4. and four. But... You got to get your confidence back. You got to get your feet back under you because this team, this program, this coaching staff, even Chris Kleiman in postgame, they look rattled, man. They look rattled. Yeah. It looks like their confidence has been broken. Yep, it does. It, it, it looked like that yesterday. It looked like that their confidence was just shot. And how you get it, like I said, I was a big believer in the bye week and a big believer, and that's how you get better, and that's how you change the direction. If things are going sideways, the bye week, it came at a perfect time. Yep. You changed things around. Well, it didn't seem like anything changed, which is disheartening, to be honest. It's disheartening that it didn't seem like nothing changed from from through the bye week to, to yesterday. It's just, I don't know. I don't want to sound like the defeated person, but at the same time, you're correct. We have to win these football games. And But I'm also not a person of, you know what, this is college football. It's pressure. Either you can handle it or you can't handle right. it. And if you can't, then maybe you shouldn't be here. That's just my philosophy. It's the way I feel about it. You know, it, it's big-time college football. That's pressure. And you need to win the football games, period. Uh, it's it's unbelievable that um, they can look so good against Stanford, against Nevada, with even with a backup quarterback. And now that they go up against teams that might be superior to them, they kind of become a lesser team. They don't seem maybe maybe it is just the other team's better, but <clears throat> they don't seem to be playing with the same enthusiasm that they did. They don't seem to be executing as precisely as they did. They just seem rattled and out of sorts, and I don't get it. 
I don't yeah. get it at all. And um, from what I've heard, from what we've been told, they put a lot of steak, a lot of mustard into this Iowa State game. They know that they need to close this gap. But, boy, when you start investing more into one game than the others and the players know it. That's a problem. It's going to be a bonfire. You just build a bonfire and losing is the match. Yep, that's exactly right, man. You can't, If you do that, it's like I said, you're you're risking a whole lot. And then when you lose – then what? Because now the players start questioning, can we win? Should we win? Are we doing the right things? And you can't have that in the locker room. You can't have that in your program because it's just, I mean, it's all downhill from there. So we got to flip the switch. It just has to be flipped, period. It just has to be. Yeah, I don't know how they rally their troops, how they get guys to lift up their heads and be enthusiastic about going to Lubbock. It's a tough place to play. Texas Tech may not be an, uh, a great football team this year, but going to Lubbock is always an experience, and we'll see how it plays out. But they better start winning. Brian, I, I, I just, I'm so confused. I don't even know what to say or what to ask at this point. I don't understand what's going on. Why, why is this program seem so fragile? We saw it happen last year when it just flipped on a dime and all of a sudden, good football became bad football and I, I'll let's bring it to this people keep talking about an eight game losing streak in the big 12 and I'm one to say you know what last year was just so screwed up for Kansas State I know everyone went through the pandemic but every program was at a different point in their construction Correct. and I just think it caught K-State at a horrible time particularly when you have a quarterback get injured like Skylar Thompson and, and, and bluntly put someone on our staff said this and it's a pretty good point I really didn't see that great a difference between this year and last year, except for Skylar Thompson is a much more competent quarterback than Will Howard was at that se at that point of the season on the road. That yeah. this game could have been forty-five to nothing with a few other things going. I, I, I'm I'm just not sure uh, how they regroup at this point. Is is there a, a secret here that can be unveiled to get this team to start playing again at the level at which they're capable of playing because they've shown it. I'm, I'm right. I'm I'm baffled. Well, one thing that they can do is, I mean, they they uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we can run the football. We got to put some more emphasis on running, and I, I, I think at some point we have to say we're going to use the, our tight end is going to be better. We're going to throw the ball deep down the field, run some trick plays. I think that the offense can be better, but the offense is being affected by the defense right now, Tim. That's what I believe. That's what I see is that it seems like the play calling and even the offensive output is being affected by, okay, we have to be perfect because if we're not perfect, something's going to happen on defense and we got to be able to make it back real quick. And you can't go into football games like that. You can't think that way. You just have to do what you do. And then figure it out on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's just, we got to just, you know what? We're just going to be aggressive and live with what happens on the back end. We're just going to be super ultra aggressive. And if they throw it over our head, they throw it over our head four times. That's fine. But we can't just let teams cause they just wore us out yesterday, mm -hmm. but he literally just wore us out. I mean, just pick here. I mean, they had the two big runs, but we couldn't get off the field. Nope. Just, we couldn't stop them at all. So we got to do something. I, I, I don't know. I was really shocked when I looked at the third down conversions. They were only, where is it here, 9 of 15. 
It felt like they were 16 of 15. It literally Correct. felt like they never stopped them on third down because there were some key <laughs> right. drives where they couldn't get off the field. Um, offensively, I remember looking at this offense when Chris Kleiman was hired and he was bringing Courtney Messingham. And I studied this North Dakota State offense. I, I broke it down. I thought it was effective. I thought it was fun. I thought it would work in the Big 12. And here's my problem. They're not running the same damn offense. They, yeah. they are not calling plays like they did at North Dakota State. Maybe, maybe it's just as simple. They were so much better. Even the bad plays worked. And maybe that just created a false sense of confidence with play calling. But I don't see any creativity in play calling. It, nope. Maybe a little bit against Oklahoma it looked better. But I just saw things on Saturday that were completely baffling. What the hell are you trying to accomplish on offense? Hey, Joe Irvin is rolling. Let's take him out. Hey, Don't understand that. hey, the tight ends are probably available. Well, let's not pass to him until the game's over, and we're going to find a matter baby a couple times on the last drive. I, what, I, they threw to tight ends. They threw to backs. They were creative in who they handed the ball off to. They had different formations. They did a lot of movement. They did a, It's almost like they've dummied things down because this group can't get it. I don't know what's going on. This offense sucks. The, the play calling yeah. sucks. It's so wildly yep. inconsistent. I'm just at my wit's end. When they were not in any way trying to hurry up in the fourth quarter when the game was still within striking distance. I what? Yeah. They seemed like they were incapable. It's almost like they were incapable of running a hurry up offense. Like they couldn't do it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is just bad. I, I just, you're right though, Tim, you are right. The offense is not good. And look, if nobody else wants to say we have to make a change there, I will say it. You got to get a different offensive coordinator. This philosophy isn't working. It's not working. And again, it's just what you said. We get guys running and just running down. He was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Everybody was like, man, he's running really, really hard. Three play. And then he comes out. I'm like, well, hold on here. What are we doing? He won't throw it to the tight end. Now, granted, we had some receivers that we were hitting them in the hands and they weren't catching the football. But at the same time, they're only going to be as good. I mean, with that, we know the receiver is an issue for us. I mean, it just is. Whether anybody wants to say that or not, it's an issue for us. But we, we got to make a change at, at the offensive play calling. We, we it, it has to happen. It just has to happen because it's so predictable. You can predict everything that's coming these days with, with K-State's offense. And if I can predict it just watching on TV – the coaches that are watching film and understand tendencies, you know that they understand what's going on. It's a mess. It's just a mess. And then special teams, the bread and butter of Kansas State football absolutely falters in the face of important plays. I feel badly for Tate and Winkle. Maybe he's not, this is weird to say, maybe he's not a short field goal kicker because Apparently. his two misses have been close in that he just can't get the angle right on them. Uh, I mean, yesterday's, or excuse me, Saturday's was just a mess. Maybe yeah. you have to go to someone to be your short short field goal guy. He can kick the extra points, although he missed one of those. Um, I, if K-State's not winning special teams, they don't have a chance. I don't know how K-State was hanging around in that game after missing a field goal, after missing an extra point. I mean, you just stop and break it down. This whole game is different if special teams don't buckle. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah, it was that, – that part was surprising. That was one of the things that we said that they had to win 
in order to win. Right. And they absolutely didn't do that. And yeah, that, that, that wasn't good. I'm just like, well, if we're going to be bad on special teams, which I mean, we have no chance to, to do what we're trying to do. They, everything has to be corrected at this point. Everything just has to be corrected. Just need a total ring out, rinse out, whatever you want to call it and start fresh and just do something different and start tomorrow and just ingrain it in guys' heads. Hey, guys, look, the season isn't over, okay? And maybe that's how you can play it. We played three really, really good football teams, okay? I'm not saying that the other teams aren't good, but these are really, really good football teams that we played in a row. It's three, we're three and three. It's time to start fresh and win the rest of the season. If you break it up that way, and maybe the guys will respond. Maybe that's how you get them to respond is by saying it's a brand new season. Right. Let's win this season. You know, we win the second half of the season. And if you break it down that way, the guys can respond to that. And maybe that's a way to look at it, especially for us fans. I don't want the fans to be defeated. I know we're, we're, we're not happy right now, but I, I don't want us to be defeated and just say, you know what, let's win the second half of the year and then let's, Go recruit and let's go get better. Exactly. As I mentioned, at Tech, TCU comes to Manhattan on October 30th. Um, put a little scare into Halloween right there. Go to KU. <laughs> come home and play West Virginia and Baylor. And Baylor is surprisingly good. Then you close at Texas. It, it almost feels like, uh, with the exception of Kansas, the uh, pressure gets ratcheted up every step yeah. of the way. If you skip over Kansas and look at it. Tech, TCU, West Virginia, Baylor, Texas. And yeah. it gives you an opportunity to maybe build ahead of steam if you really embrace that you're zero and zero. Let's just move on. That didn't go well. Let's focus on fixing what we can fix in the short term and how to generate some pressure on the quarterback. How do we cover better? Because, God, they can't cover right now. It's awful. Oh, my goodness. Um, and special teams have got to get better. Everyone just has to do more, do better. And – we're just not good enough right now to compete with the upper half. Fans have got to understand that. But fans need to understand this, too. Chris Kleiman isn't going to get fired. He's No, he's not. Every time you post that or say that, you're, just, you're going to only frustrate yourself. Trust me. Yeah. I know. This head coach is not going to get fired after three seasons. For one, I'll be blunt, his buddy is the AD. And, you know, right. most ADs aren't going to do it anyhow. But when your friend is your boss, it's probably not going to happen. And two, because of what the AD Gene Taylor did and giving him a contract extension, which I thought was silly in year one. Hey, you did your job. Here's more money. I hate that. Right. That's killing college athletics. And yep. now with the $15 million buyout at season's end, Chris Kleiman isn't going anywhere. He's just not. Nope. So, so you can be frustrated and want changes, but this is this is where I'm getting at. Chris Kleiman isn't leaving, but what's Chris Kleiman going to do about this if this continues through the rest of the season? What if they end up four and eight, five and seven? Don't go to a bowl. Even six and six will piss people off, but you're bowl eligible at least. What's he going to do about this? What changes is he really going to take? Because he has surrounded himself with friends. Yeah, makes it really difficult. Well, my thing is, what does he even want to do about it? Yep. You know, we can say, what's he going to do? What's he want to do? And it's just what you said. When you surround yourself with friends, what do you really want to do? Or what is he able 
to do. We talk about Coach Kleiman as this great guy. He won a lot at, you know, the FCS level, but at this level is different. And you can't recruit the same. You've got to recruit differently than what you did there. Is he capable? Does he have the staff to go and do that? I don't believe that it's here. I, I mean, I've said that. I don't believe that that staff is here. Now, they, I mean, it wasn't at the end of Coach Snyder's either. They, I mean, it is what it is. You got to go and you've got to change. And if you don't change, then things are going to be the same. So, you know, that's literally the definition of insanity, expecting different results when you do the same thing. Well, nothing, if he doesn't change and he doesn't want to change, but it might be he's not capable. I mean, maybe he doesn't have the connections to be able to to go get better guys, to go get better players, better young men. Well, then you got to bring some coach. Just what you said, go bring some coaches in, throw some money at some coaches that have some ties into some football factories, and that's just what you have to do. I mean, you know, we we're going to have to get out of the comfort zone. You know, I was talking to some people earlier in the week. They, well, it's just not. You know, we have to. The, the, the K-State way and the – I'm going to go, look, as long as guys aren't getting in trouble off the field, I'll take anybody, okay? I don't, I want guys to go to class, not get in trouble off the field, and win and be good football players, no matter what they are, where they come from. That's what you want, and we have to be able to settle for that and not just say, well, it's got to be the K-State way. Well, you know what? I'd rather have it the winning way. And again, with those caveats – with those caveats, yep. can't you be getting in trouble, you know, and you got to go to class, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I want to win. So let's go find some guys that can do that and not have them have to fit into what everything that we're always doing. Let's step outside the comfort zone a little bit. It's okay to do that. Well, it's going to get interesting. We've still got a lot of football to play. So we do, uh, you know, maybe a little patience. I know it's not in the fan handbook, so to speak, to be patient. I know when I'm a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs or the Royals or whatever, I'm not particularly patient, so I get it. I understand. But they are at the midway point of the season. They are 3-3. Three and three. They still have a lot of winnable games ahead. Now let's see what happens. And when they get to the offseason, let's see what is done about it because something ain't working quite right within the K-State football program right now. But let's not burn it down in the middle of a season. No. Absolutely not. Can't do that. Can't panic. Can want more, can demand more, but you can't panic right. because it, it, just what you said earlier, nothing's going to happen and panicking is only going to make yourself feel worse. So let's keep rooting. Let's keep supporting, keep wanting them to do more, you know, and I, I think they can get it turned around. They just, just got to refocus, just got to refocus. Well, we're going to find out an awful lot awfully early on Saturday when the Cats go to Lubbock because the game has been set for an 11 a.m. kick. I think it's on FS1. And it will be an interesting day in West Texas. Cats need a win desperately. But you know what, Brian? I think Iowa State came to town on Saturday with the same damn mindset. We have to win this game. Not we want, we need, we have to win this game. And Iowa State played that way. K-State needs to translate that and take that same kind of attitude and attention to detail. Attention to detail. Yes. The Cyclones just showed them do that at Texas Tech and you're going to win a football game. Yeah, absolutely. Iowa State basically came in saying, you know what, we're the better football team. If we play sloppily and we play bad, because they didn't play particularly great. No. 
They just, yeah, I mean, they didn't just, I mean, because if they'd have played great, they'd have blown us out. Absolutely. They, I mean, they didn't play great. We didn't play good. We had mental errors and out of position, penalties, things of that nature. K-State takes just what you said, that mindset of, you know what? We need to win this game. We're going to do things right, and we're going to play sound, hard football. They will win at Texas Tech. They will win that football game, but everybody's got to do it. It's got to be a collective effort, all three phases. Coach has got to be in tune with everything, and we can make it happen. From the golf course to the tailgate, show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golfware, Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order from CaddyshackGolf.com. Brian Hanley, thank you very much. We appreciate uh, we appreciate your insights and your honesty because, boy, it's time for some harsh honesty with K-State football. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I believe in K-State football. I always have ever since I went there. I believe just some tweaks and changes need to be. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be that. I want. I just want us to win. That's all, Tim. I just want us to win. Kansas State loses to Iowa State 33-20 in a game that really didn't feel that close for most of the afternoon or evening, I should say. But the Wildcats can regroup and go to Texas Tech and get back on the winning track. We will see what happens, and we will preview it next Thursday with the Powercat Pregame Podcast. Brian and I and Ryan Wallace will convene to try to figure out a path to success. This has been the Powercat Postgame Review Podcast. I am Fitz, and we will talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.